Louise It to Beaver. Starring Louise Gasman and John Richardson as the co-host. Hey, hey, boys and girls and everything in between, you're listening to Louise It to Beaver. And I am Louise. And hey, I'm your trusted co-host, Louise, John, in case you forgot who I am. I I didn't forget, but maybe our listeners are just joining in for the first time, yeah, in which case, yeah. welcome to Mayfield. Welcome to Mayfield, everybody. Uh, it's a beautiful spring afternoon, as it always is in Mayfield. For whatever reason. For whatever reason. Um, we're all enjoying, although I guess it's probably a fall afternoon because there's a football game in this episode. Ooh, good clue. And it is good fall clue. currently in real life. Mm-hmm. Love it when that lines up. Right? Isn't it yeah. so much fun Like when it's like, hey, yesterday was Halloween, and then you just like watch a random episode of like a TV show that's been off the air for years, and it's like the Halloween episode, and you're like, oh my God, do you, it's relevant. Do you want to know something like crazy along those lines, nothing to do with Louise it to Beaver or Leave it to Beaver? Yeah. I recently started watching through Friends again, mm-hmm. and I was near like first season near the beginning, and it was like, whoa, blah, blah, blah. Today's October 20th or whatever. And it was October 20th. I Weird. was like, whoa. But like 20 years in the past. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we are talking today about the sixth official aired episode of Leave it to Beaver, Brotherly Love. Initial yes. impressions? Initial impressions? Mm-hmm. This is in my top five <laughs> Leave It to Beaver episodes. Well, Though I've only seen seven. Okay. Uh, new haircut, or not new haircut, but the haircut we all know is number zero. <laughs> I That is number zero. Yeah. It was the worst. Which is funny because, like, if you go on IMDb and go to the Leave it to Beaver page on IMDb, like, the main mm-hmm. image is him with that haircut. I mean, I guess it was just, like, super wacky. It was pretty wacky. And stood out in people's minds, but as a whole episode. Thumbs down from Louise. Yeah, I'd say that um, either this is my favorite or maybe... Captain Jack. I was just going to say, I was going to say my favorite episode other than Captain Jack, but then I was like, I've only really seen seven episodes yeah. and I can't, as we keep podcasting, be like, okay, no, this one's my favorite. Okay, no, this one's my favorite. Okay, no, this one's my favorite. But this one was Captain Jack up there. was great. And this one, I thought was actually, I, I really like this one. I loved it. I don't want to go out of order, but I can't wait to rate it on the G-Golly scale. Oh my God. We'll get to that. In a little bit. What are you drinking? Oh, it's a hot honey lemon. Oh, my God. <laughs> I discovered this while traveling to Nepal, and uh, a lot of bars will serve you a hot honey lemon, and it is exactly what it sounds okay. like. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, it's delish. So l- shall we do uh, TV Guide versus John and Louise? Let's do. Do you have the TV okay, Guide? Okay, so... I got it. So TV Guide said, the boys regret making a pact to do everything together. Okay. That's it. That's it. Okay. So my TV Guide breakdown is 
June gets drunk on the words of a mediocre poem and forgets that she's a parenting ninja. The boys behave like normal boys and a little light is shed on Ward's treatment as a child. Yeah. Okay. I'm totally down with that description. Mine, mine would be, uh, brothers be brothers deal with it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. All right. The like full synopsis of this would be uh, the beaver and Wally keep fighting. June is bothered by it. Ward is like, this is what kids do. June feels like she needs to intervene and like screws up everything and like makes them sign a pact saying that they're going to like do stuff together. But lo and behold, each of them has plans to like do something great on the same time on the same day. And they have to like lie to everybody in order to Mm -hmm. like get what they want. And it's just a mess. Yeah, it is a mess. Yeah. All right. Let's start from the top scene one. They're in the living room of the Cleaver residence. This is like something that I'm seeing a pattern where there's these like mini scenes that start before the episode that just sort of set it up. Mm -hmm. And June's reading standing next to the bookcase in her first look, which is <laughs> a button-up shirt uh, with a button-down pocket tab, okay. a dark circle skirt with an embellished belt, peep-toe heels, and pearls. Of course. God have of them course. pearls. Uh, yeah, so they're just, like, hanging out in the living room, and you can hear the entire time that like something is going down upstairs. Oh yeah, there's like wrestling or moving of furniture or bowling or something. Bowling. <laughs> I don't know. I love to hear like the upstairs. crack of pins. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a crack of like chairs or a door or like something gets knocked. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, June's reading quotations from the Arabic, which is a book that they received from Ward's brother 10 years ago for their anniversary. I, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you, I know you don't have any siblings, but like, do you get people anniversary gifts? Uh, like aside from like the person that you're seeing, an anniversary gift for a relative, is that something that you, like when I was growing up, like we would get gifts for our parents, but now that I've grown older and I like have friends and talk to them about what they do with their lives. That's crazy to everybody. And they're just like, really? You got anniversary gifts for your parents? Well, here's the thing that I'm thinking how this breaks down. First of all, I don't think I had anybody in my life that celebrated anniversaries. Uh, I'm pretty sure that like one of my aunts or uncles was divorced at the time. Three of my other aunts and uncles weren't married yet or at all. And the other one, it was like, well, I don't know, whatever. (laughs) When is it even? Who knows? But I think (laughs) that thinking about us now and thinking about June and Ward then, I feel like maybe I'm, you know, just surrounding myself with these types of people but most of the people that I interact with are like, oh, I have so much stuff. How did I acquire all this stuff? Yeah. How can I tone down all this stuff? And we're like leaning a little bit more toward 
like function only or minimalism to some extent. Whereas people in Ward and June's era were like, everybody has to have a house. Everybody has to have a car. Everybody has to have like, and it was like more about your success being the stuff you got. Right. Like a book of Arabic quotations. I guess. And then the weird thing is Ward goes, yeah, I remember that. We were expecting a check. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you're getting paid. You gave people money? You're getting paid to be married? I guess. I don't know. Clearly they got a book. In any case, <laughs> like June's book. oblivious. She's like, you know, just swooning over the beauty of these words. And uh, Ward keeps like looking up at the ceiling and... Uh, She's like, you know, they're fighting. And he's like, either that or they're taking the door off the closet to make a surfboard again. Again. Yeah. These two kids cracking me up. What what I love about that is that it implies that there are episodes of Leave it to Beaver shenanigans that are happening in between episodes of actual leave it to be for shenanigans yeah there is like a life outside in some parallel universe it's like with we're just, captain jack the dog it's, yeah it's like we're just showing we're just showing you some of the things that they get into but not all of them right <laughs> and then i like to think too uh it's like almost a clue as to where mayfield was because let me tell you something about my imagination as a kid i had one But most of the time when I was playing with like neighbor kids, we were playing like farm games. Uh Like uh, you're going to get in your red, like radio flyer wagon and and be like, right. I was from Iowa. So you're in your red radio flyer wagon and you're like, I'm just, you know, sowing the fields or, you know, you were in somebody's garage and putting like tools into a bag and being like, I love this hardware store. You know, these kids are taking the door off their closet to make a surfboard. So it implies that so they're I'm on like, a coast or yes. somewhere where there's, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. So a little clue. Something to throw um, us another, off. Yeah. Um, I, it's worth mentioning the words of the poem and for listeners who like recall the episode but don't recall the quote. The line that June is like, gaga for in the play or the poem is the love of a man for a woman will wither and fade and grow old but the love of brother for brother will last till the sands of the desert grow cold and she's just like in love with these words i don't know if she's got something hormonal going on but i heard her speak this and i was like first of all this is like really irky jerky pentameter like this is not even beautiful the lines rhyme but you're also saying grow twice yeah i i don't know i didn't love this also i thought like and perhaps it's because i don't have siblings but i was like ew (laughs) men are gonna discard women but brothers are gonna like make it yeah it's it's basically saying bros before hoes that's basically what it's saying. Yeah. Ugh. All right. So next scene, we're in the boys' bedroom. They're wrestling on the floor over uh, a junky old airplane. Apparently, 
the beave like threw it out the window. Right. And it's a model airplane that Wally yeah. built and Beaver wanted to see if it would fly. Although he's denying that he touched it in the first place, but then he's like, it didn't even fly, but not like I touched it or anything. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Classic. And I think there's this, a line even too where, um, Wally's like, you know, stay out of my drawer. And I'm like, how how small was this airplane? Right. Like how how because my drawers are like full of clothes. Yeah. So I mean, his drawer has to be empty enough to hold clothes and an airplane. There's something I want to talk about for a second. Beaver is lying. Uh, this is like such an irrelevant th thing to the point of this episode. But, you know, he's lying about taking the airplane. But. Historically speaking, we know that Beaver is not a liar. He uh, yeah. is clever and crafty with his words so that he doesn't have to lie, which we saw in the haircut. Yeah. So it's very out of character for him to be lying. Yeah. We're only I like six real episodes in, and I already know that about him. Yeah. So I don't know. Something didn't sit right with me about how he responded to that. But that's kind of irrelevant. It's not irrelevant. I like it. It's like an interesting little tidbit. So then uh, June comes upstairs to intervene. And uh, she's like threatening the two of them by saying like, Beaver, you're going to be so alone when Wally goes to high school and then to college. Yeah. And, you know, they're both like, cool. Yeah, it's like... They're both okay eight, with it. Eight years from now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we're like and four so then, years from now. But still, whatever. it's years. It's like Beaver is only, what, eight years old? Yeah, that's a lifetime. Yeah, it's half of his life. For a child. Is yeah. Wally being in high school. Yeah. So then June's like enough and has them like write out a pact where they pledge to like be friends and do things together and enjoy those things. Right. And here's a part where I'm confused. Nowhere in there does it state that they have to do everything together. Right. Right. And I was like, for how long? Yeah. Ever? Ever, ever? Yeah. Ever, <laughs> ever? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, it seemed like if they were going to have the this episode really track, they should have made something in the pact say that they would do everything together for like two weeks. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so then next scene, they're in the kitchen. I, I presume the next day, but I can't be sure. Mm -hmm. The reason I presume is because June's <laughs> second look. Da, 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 da. Ba, ba, ba. She is wearing... A poppy patterned button up belted shirt dress, crescent earrings and pearls. I don't see what's below because she never stands up. Got it. Um, there in the kitchen, June and Ward are talking about the boys packed. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember exactly what Ward's doing. Not fixing a toaster. Right. But he's occupied by something. And he compares the boys to like gorillas in a zoo. Yeah. And then has to like backpedal, 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 backpedal because June is like horrified by this comparison. Yeah. I feel like Ward is being very level headed in this episode and, you know, just trying to like make sense 
of everything to his wife, who's acting off of the poorly written words in a book that they got once as a gift. Right. And I also think this is super not characteristic of June, because like I said in my TV Guide breakdown, June is a parenting ninja. Like in in the little episodes we've seen, she's the one that's like, watch this. Right. I'm going to get our kid out of the tree. Yeah. And and Ward's the one that's like, I'm going to beat the snot out of these kids. Right. Right. Um, So next scene, they go to the barbershop. And Wally's acting all suave. It's like you can see him maturing before our eyes. Mm -hmm. And he says to Stanley, like, uh, you know, don't do this and leave the sideburns. Oh, yeah. I want this kind of thing. Yeah, he says, leave the sideburns, leave the the top long so I can comb it forward and leave the back long. And he says, like, you know, settle yourself. Your father called ahead. Yeah. He told me what to give you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then... Wally's friend Chester. Chester Anderson. Chester Anderson, like, uh, you know, rolls into the joint like he owns the place. Right. Pulls the same haircut stunt. Yeah, with long in the back so he can make a fishtail. Um, yeah, or a ducktail. Ducktail. That's right. Uh, just quick note, we finally get to meet Stanley in the episode The Haircut. We hear about Stanley, who's not in, but this time Stanley's in. And yep. I got to be honest, not impressed. Yeah, so far. I'm looking forward to other episodes with him. He's very uncharacteristic. He's just like nothing. Um, a set piece. He's a set piece. Uh, a prop that talks. Yeah, basically. Um, and I also want to talk briefly about Chester Anderson, who is, uh, oh, I just totally lost it. Hold on a second. Um, he is played by a guy who is, I, I don't know if currently, actually, actually, let me see, let me see, let me see. Um, the guy who plays him is named Buddy Joe Hooker. Let that sink in. Uh, he is a, yeah, he's currently a stuntman in Hollywood. Um, I guess the latest thing he did was in 2014. Oh no, he was an actual actor in Need for Speed and Glorious Bastards. Um, he was on Baywatch. So he actually did do some acting, but I think that most of his stuff is stunt work. Uh, at least that's what he's best known for. Yeah. So he did like, he was a stunt driver. What's up? Didn't we just watch a Today Show segment? With Tony Dow and um, Jerry Mathers, Jerry Mathers, like how is Chester Anderson still working in Hollywood as a stuntman? Yeah, Tony Dow and Jerry Mathers have a career as being Tony Dow and Jerry Mathers. Chester Anderson uh, was a stunt driver on The Fate of the Furious <laughs> and did stunts on the Magnific- Magnificent Seven, uh, Independence Day Resurgence. Like he is. His stunt coordinator. He is killing it. Yeah, but I'm just like, how old is this guy? Like 60? He is 75. Whoa! Mm-hmm. He was born May 30th, 1942, as Nathaniel Buddy Hart, but goes by Buddy Joe Hooker. I'd say a much better change in name. Oh, yeah. Much catchier. It's, much catchier for yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, and Stanley the Barber is played by a guy named Herb Vigren, um, who is just kind of like maybe did like an episode of every single television show pretty much up until like Remington steel. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, just one of those, one of those guys. Um, 
Yeah. So yeah, we're we're here. We're at the barber shop. Wally is getting and Wally and Chester. They like make plans for the football game, and and Wally's like. Uh, can I bring my brother? And Chester's like, we only have three tickets. And he's like, all right, I'll ditch him. Yeah. So the third ticket going to Chester's dad. So yeah, Wally's just like, hmm, I'll figure out a way to get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah. Next scene, they're at the auxiliary firehouse. Oh, Gus. And the Beave and Gus are admiring dinghies. Oh, yeah. In a magazine, I, like a Cape Cod dinghy. I, the Cape Cod dinghy. I love it. Uh, they're not d- so, admiring dinghies. They're admiring a dinghy catalog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a catalog of dinghies. So then they make plans to go fishing. Yeah, because... Tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, and the dinghy can only hold one and a half men. And Gus is like, now, what would be a half of a man? Hmm, beaver. You're kind of like a half of a man. And then Beaver's like, can Wally come? And he's like, well, no, because then that would be like two grown men or whatever. Whatever he says, yeah. I mean, everything about uh, the Beaver and Gus's relationship is like red flag, red flag. But like, it's all totally cool. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's weird that you say that because I had a totally different red flag. Have you... Do, are you consider yourself maybe a fisherman? No. No way. Eh? Okay, so I used to be like a fisher woman. A fisher lady? A fisher lady. Um, you know, in my youth, not obviously past like 13. But I would fish a lot. Guess when you don't fish? Midday. <laughs> <laughs> so like they make plans to go fishing tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, Saturday at 2 p.m. Yeah, which makes me think... Well, you usually want to fish at like dawn right. and dusk because the magic of the water, like something underneath with the sun, it's not too hot. The like fish can get the bait. Um, also, it's like not dangerous. That's a very interesting observation. I did not pick up on that. Oh, well, th- you're not a fisherman like well, me. Well, there you go. Yeah. And so I was like, who goes fishing in the middle of the afternoon? First of all, when the sun's like high in the sky and super hot, none of the fish are eating either. But then this made me think another Mayfield clue. Not that I'm going to say that there's no lakes in California, but very desert like there's there's lakes. But in my head, I was like, this has got to be like Michigan or Minnesota Mm -hmm. or Wisconsin. I don't know, because how are you going to take a dinghy out onto the ocean? Yeah. Like a small one that only fits a man and a half. (laughs) So I was like another clue. Okay, so the next scene is at the dinner table and Ward is just going on and on and on about like how sensible Wally's haircut is. Oh, yeah. It looks exactly the same. It looks exactly the same. And then uh, Wally's like, you know, not having it. And he's like, cut it out. Stanley spilled it that you called ahead. Stanley spilled it. Whatever he says. I don't know. But he's just like, I don't know. In previous episodes, Ward has kind of sat at the table sort of like brooding. Yeah. Like silent and, and judgmental. Right. And until he's like forced to speak. And in this episode, he sits down and he's like, like being a dad. Being a family guy. I guess. Yeah. 
Um, and in the scene, June says to the boys in look number three. Uh, gasp. Which if it's the same day, right. she has changed clothes for dinner. Yeah. And she is wearing uh, a tie collar bow shirt with a cardigan, earrings, arm candy. And if there are pearls, we don't see them. She also doesn't get up. So it's a mystery <laughs> as to what is on the bottom. Now, here's what I'm going to say. June has worn a tie collar bow dress and or shirt mm -hmm. in previous episodes. But those have always been checked. Interesting. And this one is is a solid, no patterned shirt. What color would you think it dress. is? Mm. I think it's white, even though that's probably not good for the camera. So probably off white. There was Little. there was one thing I've, I think it might have been in that first scene where I noticed what she was wearing. And I was like, what color do I think that would be? And I was just like. Gray? I don't know. <laughs> but, but I was looking at it and I was just like, what could that possibly be? But like the, my thoughts were like uh, a mustard yellow or. Like a brown. Yeah. Like, a tweed color. Yeah. Some sort of uh, green maybe. But uh, yeah, but I was like, but I don't I know, like gray. I like subconsciously that your brain went to like a mustard yellow, which I associate very much with a fall color. Like you wouldn't wear mustard yellow in the spring. And this is this is very likely the fall. Right. Yeah. So I love that subconsciously that's where you're going. Good job, costumers. <laughs> um, OK, so in the scene, uh, June's like asking, what are you boys planning on doing this weekend or, you mm -hmm. know, tomorrow? And uh the beeves like, I'm going to go nothing. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Wally's like, yeah, nothing. And then they have this like reluctant glance at each other. And yeah. then they both feel like look dejected and lied to their parents. And it's just so layered. Um, so then the next scene, oh, they help clean up dinner, which is nice. Yes, they do. I liked that. Um is the next day, June's dusting in the living room. Ward is awake. Wait a second. What's, Ju yeah. what's June wearing? Uh, the next morning? Yeah. She is wearing... Oh! Did you point this out to me because it's a pew, 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 repeat alert? I did not, but I was just pointing it out because it was another day and you hadn't mentioned what she was wearing. <laughs> nice. This is a repeat alert from season one, episode two which I believe is Captain Jack. Uh -huh. um, and it's her third look. She's got a short sleeved button up collared dress with vertical ruffles down the front and an apron earrings and a strand of pearls. So cool. that's exciting. And the apron is striped also. Um, but yeah, she wore this in the third, the third look of episode two. Mm -hmm. So I find it super interesting that now we're seven total episodes, six aired and last episode and this right. episode there have been repeats already. I really thought it was going to take us a lot longer, mm -hmm. but here we are. Budgets, budgets are what they are. And, and who knows? It's like a capsule wardrobe already. Yeah. Okay. So she's dusting. I was like, holy cow. It's a Saturday or a Sunday. I don't even know what day it is. It's Saturday. And Ward, Saturday. Okay. Ward is awake. Wait, time out. What, why weren't they in school on Friday? That's a really good question. 
if, if this is Saturday, he went to go get his haircut. Did because didn't they say that the football game was on a Saturday? It was on Saturday. Maybe there was just a lot of after school time. Could be. Wow. Okay. Punching holes in this script all over the place. Hmm. Um so yeah, it's uh Ward is awake. And he's like, the boys must be sleeping because I don't hear them fighting. And June's like, you know, gloating. She's like, no, their pact is amazing. And he's like, yeah, I'm sure it's working out as well as their last pact did to keep their rooms clean. Yeah. And uh, we found out how that ended because they were throwing their dirty laundry on the roof. Okay. Oh, right. First of all, that is a solid joke. And it's the first time that I noticed the studio audience laughter because it was so... Interesting. The, the thing that... What what I thought about when they when he was talking about this is, okay, we know that the kids don't do their own laundry because they have the housekeeper Minerva. Minerva. Uh, also, you have to imagine that June is also doing some because she is, you know, Betty homemaker. But right, the kids aren't doing their own laundry. So they must have like a laundry hamper somewhere. So you figure it's got to take a lot more effort to throw clothes out of a window than it does to put them in a hamper. hamper. Yeah, that just sounds like fun. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know about that. Something just doesn't sit right. Yeah. Um, And then they're talking... And June's like, see, I used like my heart and tenderness or something to solve a problem when you always just beat the tar out of the kids. She doesn't really say that, but she's like, you know, something about using your brain, um, using your heart rather than your brain. And it's the second time that Ward has to backpedal for his mouth. Um, He's like, oh, honey, you know, that's not true. A man's heart is always softer than or a man's head is always softer than a woman's heart. And then he like is satisfied with this burn that he's just like thrown out there and then is like, well, uh, uh, yeah, super weird, like backpedal, backpedal, backpedal. Um, so then we cut to and the next few moments of the episode are very quick, like two line scenes that go back and forth between the boy's bedroom and like the living room or the kitchen or the boy's bedroom. And it's just like two lines here and there and it's cut, 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 cut. So it's like the same day still before two o'clock when all their plans are, but, um, they're miserable. The boys up in their bedroom silently playing Chinese checkers checkers all day. All day. They can't like even go outside and play on a beautiful day. Beautiful out. Um, this is one of my favorite scenes because all of their dialogue is brilliant and they're both like too smart for each other mm-hmm. where they're like talking and I don't have written down exactly what they say, but um, it's along the lines of. You know, do you have something to do? Right. No. Do you have something to do? No. Oh, that's a shame. And it's just like, oh, if you would both just be honest with each other. Right. You'd both get to do these really it fun things. It would be things. fine. 
It would be fine. So the phone rings. The scene changes to the living room because June says, like, Wally, the phone's for you. And so he goes downstairs, talks to Chester, and Chester's like, you know, bring a jacket because we're going to go out to dinner later. And, like, I'm excited. I'll see you later. And he's like, yeah. And the bee, like, sneaks around, and he's like, "Uh, who was that, Wally? And Wally goes, where? Yeah. Like, how brilliant that he was like, on the phone, you dumb-dumb, but it reminded me of, like, who's on first, what's right. on second, I don't know, who's on third. Just, like, who was that? Where? It, it's so dumb. It's like, come on. Oh, and then, like, a you little later, he says... You can say that it's your says, buddy. Uh, yeah, that's true. And he's like, oh, you know, people are always calling up on the phone. And he's like, uh, the beef's like, yeah, but who was the guy that called you up? Right. And Wally says, how should I know? It was so long ago, I forgot. It's, it's so weird. I don't know. Oh, I loved that. I was like eating that up. Uh, I know that this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but, uh, I also want to point out that the jacket that Wally grabs is just like a regular jacket. But then when, oh yeah, when Chester rolls up, he's wearing like a suit. (laughs) I was going to say when he said, bring a jacket, we're going to go out to dinner after. I thought he meant like a nice jacket, a dinner jacket. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought he meant. And we know that he has one because he's worn it in a previous episode. That's true. I Captain off Jack's. the gator. Yeah. Looking all fancy. Um, so, yeah, he grabs like a varsity coat. Yeah. Well, he's just too cool for school. Dreamboat. It's Dreamboat. Um, so they go back upstairs and uh, it's like a little time has passed because Beave like knocks on the door and he's like, Wally, are you in there? And he doesn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. And he like tiptoes over to the closet and grabs his fishing pole. And his little tiny tackle box. Yeah, yeah. And then um, he hears Wally like do the exact same thing. And he like knocks on the door and he's like, Beave, are you in there? Like really under his breath. And the Beave thinks like, I know, I'll go hide in the bathroom. So then Wally comes in, thinks he's alone, grabs his jacket and a pennant from a drawer. That says um, like city hall, city high or something. City high. Okay. Um, and he's all excited, but then he like is grabbing something else and like shuts the bedroom door really right. hard, even though aren't you going to walk back out of the bedroom? I don't know why you shut the door, but the door shutting makes the beef think that, um, while he left. Wally left. So he comes out of the bathroom and he backs out. And here's the part where I don't get, if you back out, why wouldn't you just go out the door? Because you've, you assumed that like, you're the only one in the room, Mm -hmm. just walk out. I don't know why he's backing out. (laughs) And he goes to the window to crawl out of the window. Now from new neighbors, we've learned that the front window is a front facing window because they're spying on the next door right. neighbor's front lawn. So uh, it's like you might as well just leave out the front door because if you leave out the front window, it just looks worse. It's just really bad. Um, but he gets caught and he says that he's going to go out on the roof to practice fishing, yep. which is God, I love this thinking. guy. I love this guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so this is my favorite line in the episode, and forgive me if it's a little heavy-handed, in saying that it's very Sorkin. <laughs> you know how in, like, the West Wing and Newsnight and stuff, everybody's, like, d- says okay a lot? Yeah. Maybe you haven't noticed. It's, like, a thing. They say okay a lot. So my favorite line in this episode happens right here, and the line is 
Yeah. But it's the delivery. So when Wally catches him and he says, I'm going out to practice fishing on the roof, uh, Wally repeats it to him. And the beef goes, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just the best line in it because he's so sincere and so defeated, but also hopeful. Mm-hmm. And it happens in one word. Oh, it's so good. Um, <laughs> moving on. We're back in the kitchen and Almost the whole scene takes place hanging out in the freezer. June opens the freezer and they, they're they like talking. And uh, I guess earlier Ward had gone to go get the battery charged oh, right. at the mechanic. Is that something that people did? Must have I don't been. even know. So he says, um, you know, she says, like, did you get the battery charged? And he goes, uh, no, they sold me a new one. And she was like, they always do. Yeah. And I'm like, first of all, doesn't your car battery charge when you drive I, it? It's. I think that that's a after 1957 kind of thing. Is it? I, it has okay. to be. All right. Because I was like, how often are you not driving your car that the battery doesn't stay charged? And then two, how many times are you going to the mechanics to charge your battery and then having to buy a new one because they can't charge it. You know, and then how much do those batteries cost? I don't think that I know enough about the cars of the 50s and their inner workings to say how weird this is. Okay. I was just like, I thought this was so weird. Okay. Moving on, if you need to. If uh, By the way, anybody listening, if you want to weigh in, I... Uh, Send us an email, louisatobeaver at gmail.com and set us straight and let us know what's up. Yeah, please. We would love it. We're looking at this from 2017 eyes because we've never seen these episodes. Yeah. And didn't live in the 50s. Correct. Um, (laughs) So we're back up in the boys' bedroom. I'm going to title this scene Miserable Chinese Checkers Part (laughs) 2 because apparently it's the only game that they have. They don't have like puzzles or anything and here is nap tactics oh right they're like out of nowhere playing chinese checkers the beef does this huge yawn and then wally's like hey don't you like sometimes take naps on the weekends and he's like yeah sometimes and he's like why don't you take one now and he's like no you'll tattle on me and they're like why don't we take a nap together so they both get in the bunk And uh, they both look miserable. And then the phone rings downstairs and Ward's on the phone with Tom Anderson. Tom Anderson, father of Chester. That's right. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, well, the boys know about the plan. Haven't heard anything about it. Okay, well, good to know. And June's like super concerned about the boys breaking their pact rather than being concerned that they're making plans with people and then breaking them, which is crazy to me because I think that most of what I didn't like about the haircut episode was that, you know, it wasn't like our boys are going to get cut on the sharp blades of these scissors. It's not maybe the beef will be embarrassed that kids will make fun of him about Mm -hmm. his haircut. It's other people have opinions of the beef's haircut. 
that reflect on the parents. Totally. But for but but for some reason, she's like not concerned at all that anyone will have any judgment on the common courtesy of her kids right. to like make plans and break them last minute. When if you would have just been honest and said, I actually can't do that thing with you because I have to do this thing with my brother, then they would have had at least time and notice to invite somebody else. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, so that was weird. Back up to the boys' bedroom. <laughs> Angsty napping continues. But also, it's like they are legit napping. I mean... Looking at Wally, it's like, he looks like he's actually asleep right now. He might be. One doesn't know how long it took to film the scene. <laughs> so he might actually be napping. <laughs> but I will say that my second favorite moment of this episode takes place right at this moment and it's orchestral narrations. This whole breakdown moment is only told through like strings and winds, mm -hmm. flutes, clarinets. There actually might be a xylophone at some point, but it's like this underscoring that's like brink, brink, brink of him. Like, you know, strings racing as he's like coming down the ladder and peeking in to make mm -hmm. sure that, while he's actually napping and then uh it flawlessly fades when the dialogue begins right so props to whoever is in charge of incidental music for <laughs> this episode and others because it was great um and they're like hey you were gonna sneak out and they're like just nonchalantly breaking their dates because then uh I believe Ward's like, hey, Gus from uh, the firehouse is here for your fishing date. And he's like, the Beeb's like, I don't feel well. And he's like, OK, well, I'll tell him you're sick and uh, well, I'll cover for you. See you later. F feel better. Yeah. I, well, I thought that he's I remember him saying, like, I don't remember making a date with Gus. I specifically, I specifically remember him saying something about like not having a date with Gus. Hmm. I didn't catch that. Worth a re a rewatch for sure. <laughs> um, so the scene progresses and he's like, I ought to tell mom on you. Perfect timing. Beep, beep. Right. It's Chester outside. The Andersons. Um, yeah. And then uh, there's like a second honk. After like the initial come outside, right. beep, that's like annoying honk. And I just loved that too. Great Foley work for the sound people also. Then he's like, uh, hey, somebody's honking for you. And he's like, no, they're not. And then Chester screams out yeah. the window of the car up. And he's like, uh, you know, Wally, come on. We're going to be late to the football game. And he's like, I can't go. Yeah. And it's like you could have said on the phone the previous day, like, I can't go. But they, like, drove all the way to your house. Right. Ugh, it just got me. And now neither the Beaver Wally get to have any fun or do these things. Like, how often are they getting invited to go to football games and go fishing? I don't know. If they're I living mean, somewhere with seasons. Right. I mean, how often does Gus buy a new Cape Cod dinghy? Right. Right. I mean, well, if he's trying to put more than a man and a half in there, maybe more than you'd think, because the thing is going to sink. But 
There's something about um, the Cape Cod dinghy that seems like he bought it intentionally with beaver in mind. Oh, really? I don't know. It's just like he probably could have gotten a bigger one. I guess so. Take a grown friend, but. Yeah, I guess so. Nope. But also something about like fishing, and I'll just say as a fisher person, <laughs> um, you don't really want to go with people because talking scares the fish. That's true. So you got to go like to not talk. I used to like take a canoe out on the lake and like by myself and just fish because it's like nice to not be with people. Anyway, um, back in the cleaver kitchen. Uh, June's so pleased with herself and is like, oh, Ward, isn't it wonderful? And he's like, yeah, I love liverwurst. Right. Because he's like making a sandwich. Um, And uh, the boys are back up in the bedroom sulking. Right. At the poor choices that they've made. And the beef is in the uh, chair next to Wally's bed and has his feet on the covers. And it's like the straw that breaks the camel's back. And uh, they're like, get your feet off my bed. And he's like, make me. So that's like cool. (laughs) And back in the kitchen, back in the kitchen. um, Oh, so then they start fighting again. Uh, Back in the kitchen. You hear the bowling pins crack. Right, right. And June's like, I guess go fix it you know, to Ward, because he's like, I can let them, you know, right. kill each other or like I can intervene. And she's like, OK, intervene. And as he's leaving the kitchen, she says, and Ward, you have my promise. I'll never listen to another Arab again. Oh, my God. When she said that, my jaw just nowhere. dropped. Mine, too. I know she means the poem, but I was like, you can still appreciate the poem without making the kids like sign a ridiculous pact. Yeah. I'll never trust an Arab again. I'll never listen. I'll never listen to an Arab again. Like I'm waiting to see like all of the other episodes where like some, some, something like Arabic comes up or like there's somebody yeah. who moves into town and she's like, mm. <laughs> I'm yeah. not listening to that guy. <laughs> or I was even thinking like, I feel like a recurring comment that you and I have about these episodes is like the Beave and Wally are so cute together. The Beave and Wally get along so well. The Beave and Wally really have each other's backs. Um, Because he's like, you know, every time I go along with you, I get into trouble on these shenanigans. And it's like, I really don't feel like their fighting is as big of a deal as June was ever making it. Cause she was just like, you have to do everything together. And I'm like, they kind of do everything together. Yeah. So far. No, they are two peas in a pod. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the last scene of the episode, they go back to the firehouse and Gus has like these, the best one liners and he gets right to the point. They come in and he's like, Hey, you stood me up yesterday. Right. And uh, the beef's like, well, and they have to explain the pact or whatever. And he's like, um, maybe we can go fishing today. And Gus says, oh, I can't today. I got to be at the firehouse because you never know when this whole town is going to go up in flames. It sounds like he's up to something, <laughs> first of all. Arson. Yeah. Up to something. Up to fire. He is definitely up to something. And then I also it's like, well, then how come... 
it was fine for him to go yesterday. Right. <laughs> I guess like somebody else was watching the firehouse or something. Yeah. Well, as far as I'm concerned, um, he's the only person who works there. Right. 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 Because he's the only person we've seen so right. far. Um, although it is a volunteer firehouse or it's the auxiliary one. I think they explained it in a different episode where it's not the actual yeah, I think you're right. For burning. So then, things. why is it's he like so worried the about f- the town going up in flames and it being his? Res- anyway, it was just a good one-liner. Anyway, well, so it's resolved that he's going to lend them the dinghy, the Cape Cod dinghy. Yep the the two boys are going to go out fishing together on Sunday. Right. On Sunday and uh, riding somebody else's boat. A lot of trust going on there. I mean. If you look at it the boat the in the uh, in the catalog, it's like it's just like four pieces of wood put together. <laughs> yeah, I'm also thinking like it's the 60s, so or the 50s. I don't know when this aired. 57. But, uh, I'm going to presume. I should, I should look at that. Yeah, I'm going to presume that they're uh, not going to wear life jackets. Oh, <laughs> such a thing likely does not exist. Um, let's see. It aired November 8th, 1957. Oh my god. Oh. Today is November 9th. Yeah, I was going to say yesterday when I watched it. It was November 8th. I watched it yesterday. Oh, man. This is so... 60 years ago to the day. How about that? Wow. How about that? How about that? That's wonderful. Yeah. You know, when all things are said and done, great episode. Oh, yeah. Did I have problems with it? On the G Gallery scale... Uh, I mean, yeah, it's hard for us living in the day and age that we live with the the way that culture has progressed and then backpedaled. It's hard for us to look at it with pure eyes. But if we do. Solid episode, solid episode. So Um, many things to love. It's no Captain Jack for me, at least. How many, uh, how many G gollies do you give it? I'm giving it five. Five out of five G gollies. Five out of five G gollies. I'm only giving it four. I'm giving it four because I feel like Wally and the Beaver are more clever than they're letting on in this episode. They would have figured out how to make it work. Um, and also, yeah, the Beaver lying the way he's lying just is uncharacteristic of him. I'll give you that. Yeah. I did enjoy it though. I, and I, I thought did that enjoy it. them as being like kids and Tony Dow being like not an actor kid, mm-hmm. just being like a kid who has this job where he's acting solid, like just the sweetest. I almost took like four other screenshots that had nothing to do with the episode, but just being like, look at this dreamboat. <laughs> look at, look at the smize that he's doing at the camera. Yeah, Totally. Everybody, thank you for listening. I Like I said, email us at louisatobeaver at gmail.com. If you want to see screen grabs of the things that we're talking about, June's looks, uh, go to louisatobeaver.com. You can leave comments there. Let us know what color you think her, her wardrobe is. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's all I got for this one. Yeah. Rate us, review us on iTunes. Please. Tell your friends and family. Get the word out there. Listen to our other podcast. I have a great idea, but I'll never do it.
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I think that... This has been swell. It, it was... Uh, always so swell, Louise. Always so swell. And until next time... Remember those hot summer days when you just couldn't get cooled off? They call them dog days. A few ice cream sodas helps a little bit, and some days it gets so hot you'd even pay money for a cold drink of water. Well, that's our story next time on Louise It to Beaver.